Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. It's fun to be on at noon. Welcome, welcome, welcome to California Hunts Radio. <laughs> That was my attempt at a pre-intro to the intro, <laughs> and uh, there's some days you just shouldn't get up in the morning and try stuff, but uh, wrong buttons, wrong timing, everything. So uh, after today, all that will be fixed on the next few videos. <laughs> I apologize. But uh, those are going to be going on where I'm going to do a pre-intro to the intro to the intro. <laughs> anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to be here. It's fun being on this early. I love it. And I love doing these videos. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. And we have a great show for you. It's something that's that's dear to my heart. You know, I just lost my I just lost my my, my Kelpie in December, my 17-year-old. And she probably, out of all my dogs, you know, what I didn't expect because she was a rescue and the because of the relationship we had, she is the only one really that has come back to see me and visit me in, in different ways since she died. I mean, the, the most. Okay, because I had I had one that passed away in twenty I think twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, and she came back off and on, but not like this dog. This dog has been back, and I've seen her. I've, I've physically seen her in my house. So we had a really unique relationship without realizing it. And at one point, I even tried to communicate with her, and I knew I made contact because there was a very perplexed look in her eyes, a very shocked look when I did make contact. But anyway, our my guest today, Coriel Kramer does this and she's going to tell you guys about how to do this and <clears throat> excuse me and how to have that communication and that relationship with with your animals i'm really excited to have her on so uh you know we're just going to get on with this show and get rolling but you know first i'm going to do some quick intros you know i'm the owner of the california haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento we're 35 strong up and down the state we've been around for almost 20 years doing ghost investigations so if you need help with your paranormal stuff Come on down. Give me a call. Let me know. Text me. Get, get a hold of me through here, and we'll come out and help you. Okay? Uh, we, you can find us at www.californiahaunts.org, or the radio show is at californiahauntsradio.com. All right? If you're watching from YouTube today, please subscribe. We've got oh more than 260 videos over there, and they're really good videos. Like They're like our guests today, and we, we vary with our topics. So I think you're going to find, you know, there's a little bit of something for everybody over there. If you want to subscribe to us, please do. Uh, down in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little ghost that has a Sherlock Holmes hat on and a magnifying glass, and that's our mascot. So please do subscribe. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to bring Coriel on because I want to, I want to pick her brain about stuff. I'm really excited. I'm really, like I said, I'm really excited for this. And I've gotten more and more excited, like I said, since the death of my, of my, uh, 17 year old Kelpie because she has made contact with me more often than not. And it's really cool. You know, I, I've even seen her physically, so I'm really excited. All right, here we go. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on. And I'm so I'm sorry so to hear I about apologize for, I apologize for the show intro. It was my first shot doing it. And if anything could go wrong in that beginning, because I wanted to do a big yeah, we have an animal intuitive on, yada, yada, yada. And then I went to push the buttons and nothing came up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with StreamYard. I do a, a, a show once a week uh, with my host on StreamYard. It can be interesting. I get it. Wrong <laughs> buttons, wrong this, darkness. And, I, and then when I queued up the uh, five-minute intro, it was only like a minute and a half. And I'm like, oh, look, I'm trying to move it back and do all this other stuff. So I apologize. Anyway, no welcome to the show. California Haunts Radio, we're usually more efficient than what we did today, but I'm really excited to have you on. Tell me about you and how, yeah. how you got into doing this. Well, first off, I'm so sorry to hear about your the passing of your 17-year-old Kelpie. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. I know it's never easy. Um, it's never easy. Um, but um, how did I start doing animal communication? So um, I've been doing it. I tell people I've been doing it professionally for over two decades, but unprofessionally, I've been doing it since I was a kid. Um, I could always talk to animals. I could always hear them. My mother, God bless her, was uh, an extremely supportive person. 
Mm-hmm. She didn't. Uh, she didn't tell me I was crazy. She encouraged it. Um, she nurtured it. She supported it. Um, so I've been doing it really since I was a kid. I could always hear them. I could always get a sense for how they felt in their bodies because I'm empathic. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been doing it for a while. And then I stopped doing it when I was probably in my early 20s because I just wanted to fit in and I didn't want to be the freak. <laughs> so I stopped doing it for a while. And then I reconnected uh, a few years later mm-hmm. when I really just wanted to, you know, I, I felt that it was something that was a part of me and it was something that I loved doing. And it's something that has brought immense joy in my life. So I got comfortable being the freak and uh, I started doing it again. You know, I think that's a case with a lot of people because, you know, like they say, we're all born with this ability. Yes. And I think at some point in life, we just want to like not have to deal with it. You know, at some point in life, it kind of gets put in the background. And then it takes it takes a trigger, you know. Some with some people, it's just a small trigger that 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 starts it up again. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, you know, it did become very very painful because I am empathic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sensing the animals' pain. I was sensing the animals, the the planet's pain, and the animals who were on it. It, it became very overwhelming because I didn't know. I didn't have anybody to talk to about this. We didn't right. have stuff like paranormal radio and where you can listen in on and find out about stuff like shielding and uh, protecting yourself in a bubble and keeping that stuff at bay so that you could still do the things that you love to do, but you don't get overwhelmed by them. You know, it was basically the only person I had who I could talk to was probably the person with the neon sign that said tarot card on the corner. And she scared me. I wasn't going to be going to her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, so I just, I didn't have anybody I could talk to about how do you, how do you stop becoming so overwhelmed? How do you control this? Absolutely. No, I understand. And plus I would think, because I don't do the type of work you do, you know, I can tell if there's a ghost here. I can tell, you know, if it's a male or female, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll see them. Sometimes I hear them in my head. But it must be, you know, overwhelming also, you know, especially at first, not so much now because you've been doing it for a while. But when you see somebody's animal that's really sick and then you have to somehow think, well, is it is is it in my place to tell them that their animal is really sick or should I just let it go? You know, it's got to be an overwhelming feeling. It's a huge responsibility. And I had to. I had to kiss a lot of frogs, meaning I had to try a lot of stuff and it messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, what's your, what is your responsibility? Is it your responsibility to tell this person or is it your responsibility to understand that this animal has got a life's purpose and a life's plan and a soul plan? And maybe my telling them that their animal is sick is not part of that soul plan life sure. plan. Sure. You know, so it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a balance. It's a, it's definitely a balance that yeah. you have to walk this, this road and, you know, what's your responsibility and what's not your responsibility. Yeah. Because people really, you know, people make, I mean, people, especially people with no children, they tend to make the animals, you know, that's their children. Those are those, that's their kids, you know, they're the ones that are dressing them up and putting a little hat, you know what I mean? And so, you know, to find out that your animal is, is deathly ill is really, really devastating to people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be. It, it can be. I mean, I just had two very long time animal clients transition, both within a month of each other, both in the same household. Right. Um, and it it became, it, it, it hurts. You know, it's almost like they're, they are my children. They are my you know, they're my friends, you know, they're animals and their people are my friends and the animals have become my friends. And, you know, that was a hard one. You know, it felt like I had actually lost my heart cat again, because these two were so close to me for like, they were part of my career and my life for the last like 12, 13 years. I mean, that's a lot. That's long, you know, so yeah. it, it it can be it can be you know this this business of being an animal communicator is 
is it rewarding? Absolutely. Is it wonderful? Absolutely. Can it be heart-wrenching sometimes? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it can be. You know, it can be. Well, I can imagine. I mean, like, with my 17-year-old, I knew she was 17. So when she finally got sick, I knew it was, you know, mm-hmm. I, when, when, when she started to walk funny and stuff, I knew the end was coming. Mm-hmm. But when my 11-year-old went, that bugged me, you know, with the pancreas. Because I was just like, well, she's 11 years old. She's awfully young to go. Yeah. But, I mean, God, somebody, I, I know what the plan was with her. Because she was my mother's dog. My mother passed away in 2019. That dog took care of my mother to the end. You know, she allowed me to sleep. She would sleep under my mother's bed. And if my mother moved, she'd wake me up in the middle of the night to let me know my mother was moving. Mm-hmm. So that was my mom's dog. So I knew I, I was just a sloppy second for her, you know, as far as as far as being her person. Yeah. So when she passed, I knew what it was. She wanted to be with my mom. She went She's with my mom. Life's good, mm-hmm. you know. But still, it was heartbreaking because that was still part of my mother at the time. Sure. And then she got sick. And then that was, that was the last vest, that last piece of my mother that I had. Mm-hmm. And then losing the other one so quickly. But I, I understand people with animals and, and how they feel and how, how attached you can get. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very heartbreaking when you've had one for so long. Yeah. You know, and then it's really heartbreaking. Like I see people on, on uh, Facebook all the time that have them for two, three years and, and something happens. You know, and you know, either way, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So it, I admire, I I admire what you do because mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot, and then it, it must drain you. It it really sometimes okay, but m- the most most part of it is you know it's enriching. Mm-hmm. Um, I always learn something new. I always stay open to whatever the animal wants to tell me. I try to stay as neutral as I possibly can so that I can get the messages that I'm getting. Because if I go in with an expectation, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to shut myself off to the messages that could be outside of that expectation. So I always try to remain as neutral as I possibly can when I go into a, a, a session with an animal. Because that's where the yummy stuff is. That's where the, that's where I learned about reincarnation. I learned about reincarnation from animals. I didn't know anything about reincarnation. I really didn't. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. I didn't know about star seeds. I didn't know about, I I, I didn't know about um, soul plan, life plans. I didn't, I learned all this from animals because I stayed open to whatever they were going to tell me. And I've gotten some really off the chart stuff you know but yes it it can be it can be hurting it can hurt your heart sometimes but you know something it's the the goodness the the wonder the awesomeness outweighs the pain more than i can ever say absolutely now you always see these things across facebook where you know uh, somebody (laughs) somebody with a sense of humor will write stuff at us and see the humor and and what humans are doing Oh, absolutely. Animals have great senses of humor. You know, they really, really do. That's why they're such, some of them are such clowns. They love to make us laugh. Uh, They love to make us smile. They love to make us happy. But yeah, they, they laugh at, you know, you know, when I'm zhuzhing myself up for an interview, not that I did did too much zhuzhing, but you know, my, my cat sits on the toilet. My, my orange ginger cat sits on the toilet and he's looking at me like, what you doing? Why, why are you doing what, what's, what's, what's all this? What's, what are you doing? And I'm telling him, I'm like, Tao, I'm judging myself up. I got to look good. And he's like, why? You look good already. You know, it's like the concept of like makeup and, you know, hair products, you know, goes a little bit over their, their, their head. But uh, yeah, they, they love, they love, <laughs> we're entertainment, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. They feel our happiness. They feel our joy. They feel our pain. They feel our sadness. They feel when we're depressed and we're down. That's why they come and they try to make us feel better. I always wondered that because I know, you know, guys, you know, it's like your husband and your, you know, your, your significant others see you at your worst, but really your animals are the ones that, that see you at your worst. I mean, they see you first thing in the morning and the hair is all foobar, you know, it's going every which way, you know, like you're having a bad day before your first coffee cup or whatever. Your animals see all that. So I was just wondering if the animals find it funny. You're like, oh my God, look at her hair today. Yikes. What did she do? You know, what is she thinking? 
they love us no matter what, you know, they love us at our worst. They love us at our best. You know, they love us when we're wearing our unicorn, you know, pajama pants and, you know, the hair is up on one side in the morning and stuff like that there. They love us no matter what. That's what animals are really good at. They're, they're really good at unconditional love. You know, they don't judge. They don't, you know, criticize. They might, you know, scruff us every once in a while when they think that we need, you know, a little bit of, you know, hey, you know, you're you're falling a little bit off, you know, your happy place. Right. You know, let's get you back on track. But they don't judge and they don't criticize and they don't point paws or fingers at us and say, you know, they they laugh at us, but they're laughing. They're more laughing with us than they are at us. <laughs> Um, when you talk about animals knowing about the afterlife, because, you know, there's a lot of wonder, people wondering what happens after your animal passes. Mm -hmm. Does your animal just go on to, like they say, the Rainbow Bridge, it's, you know, it's all rain, you know, it's all, all the other animals are up there or they're waiting for you. Or do they just go into nothingness? Because, I mean, there's really nothing when, when you read the Bible and, and other, uh, you know, stuff like that. There's really, there's nothing about animals. I know. It's, uh, it's a little one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, um, I, when my mom passed in 2008, um, I was living in Germany and I had just gone back there and I had a visitation. That's what I call a dream. That's very vivid, mm -hmm. um, tactile. You can smell, taste, touch colors. Uh, you can hear things. Uh, it plays out usually like a movie does as opposed mm -hmm. to a dream that's you know, all of a sudden you're, you're sitting in a room and then there's a unicorn in the corner or something else like that there, you know, that's, that's usually a dream where things, you know, they make sense, but they don't really make the flow as right. nicely as a visitation. So I was gifted <clears throat> with the knowledge of what happens when we transition. I went back to non-physical. I was there. I knew my mom's soul was there. I felt it like a GPS. I knew exactly where she was in heaven. Non-physical is what I call it. My father too, also other friends who had passed and, and transitioned. So I was gifted with this. And, and I saw that everybody goes to the same place, animals included. And, you know, I don't, I've had a lot of people not a lot, but I've had surprisingly enough uh, people who I thought were very evolved mm -hmm. in the metaphysical world who told me, you know, animals don't have souls. And I was like, what? And I, I couldn't believe I was hearing this. I was like, of course, animals have souls. You know, animals don't go to the same, you know, animals don't go to the same heaven we do. Well, I don't want to go to heaven if there are no animals there. Okay. Absolutely. It's really going to be boring. So you know, when I went back to non-physical, all, there were animals there, there were people there. It was all, you know, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. It gave me this feeling of um, no longer fearing transitioning or death. I don't use the word death because I don't believe that there is death. I believe that there's a transition. You, you transition from one body into an energetic body. And then back again in reincarnation. But, um, you know, it's like, I, I don't understand how people cannot see animals as lovely, beautiful, wonderful, thinking, reasoning, intelligent souls. Because they do have souls. Of course they do. Absolutely. I can tell you, my Kelpie's. <laughs> I, I ran into a guy in San Francisco one time and we were talking about, because he was walking his dogs. And I said, yeah, you have great dogs. She had like labs, you know. And he says, well, what do you have? And I said, well, I have Australian Kelpies. And the guy looked at me and smiled and said, I don't want to get a dog that's smarter than I am. And that's the deal with Kelpies. They're just, you can, you can look into their face and you can just see the intelligence. Uh -huh. You know, what's there. And that's what's, that's, a, that's why I love having Kelpies. But yeah, I think people forget that. You know, not everybody, but there's certain people that do forget that these dogs, that these animals, cats too. Cats are, my God. I just started having cats the last three years. And I've realized how intelligent they are. Yeah. I thought they'd be easy to raise, you know, from like kittens. I got them when they were like itty bitty, itty bitties, where I had to put like, you know, the formula. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, it'll be like puppies. It won't be an issue. <laughs> oh, my God. What did I learn different? Woo. You know, 
So it's like it's a totally different ball game. But mm-hmm. they're so intelligent. They're mm-hmm. so smart. You know, and I think there's people, like you say, there's people in this world that don't get that. They just don't get the intelligence. No. It's sad, you know? No. But uh yeah, you know, I understand animals. I, I think I think I call myself the animal whisperer sometimes because I understand them too well sometimes. Yeah. I like that. That's good. That's <laughs> but, you know, for the people that don't, you know, that, that are just dog owners, cat owners, whatever, boa constrictor, God forbid, owners, <laughs> you know, people like that. Do animals understand this as well as we think they do? Absolutely. It 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 really depends on it really depends on a, a couple of things. I mean, everybody has the ability to do what I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, I use it on a moment, almost a moment to moment basis. So uh, it's what I call my intuitive, um, my intuitive muscle. I work my intuitive muscle daily, oh, moment to moment. So, you know, the more you work it, the stronger it becomes, the less you work it, the less strong it is and the more doubt you have and the more it's going to be harder to connect and, and things like that there. Um, but animals definitely understand this. Animals are telepathic. What that means is, is that that's Latin for like feelings across a distance. So it's basically, this is why I have clients all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I can talk to an animal in, you know, Australia one of my clients is in Australia right now. So I can talk to my client in Australia, my client cat in Australia because it's feelings across a distance. The animal communication doesn't matter how far or close the animal is. It doesn't make it, it doesn't matter. So yes, your animal understands you because people are telepathic as well, which is why when I connect to somebody and I mentor them in animal communication, the first thing I do is I show them meditation. I get them to meditate because when you meditate, you start slowing your mind down and you start becoming aware of how much you are telepathic because with every word you speak, you're sending out an intention, you're sending out an image, you're sending out a thought, but we're so much with the monkey mind, not that monkeys are bad, but we're with the squirrel mind and squirrels aren't bad either. But, you know, if we don't slow our mind down, you know, we're, we're not becoming aware of how we are sending this out to the world with, with every word we speak. So when you slow your mind down, you start becoming more aware of how powerful you are and you can really connect to your telepathy. And that's my next question when you talk about the squirrel mind. With everything, even some people with meditating, until you can get things slowed down, how do you tell when it's your animal communicating with you as opposed to something else? You, you It's kind of like uh, knowing. Um, you, you just get a sense for it. It's, really, it's kind of hard to explain. I know that I'm connecting to that person's animal because I'm connecting to their energy. And through their energy, their love for their animal. So then I use that as a way in to connect to the animal themselves. So I can kind of tell when I'm talking to that person's animal or another animal that might be in the household, I just get a sense for who I'm talking to. Yeah, it's just like a knowing. It's like I said earlier, I had that one dog that was a rescue. She'd been tormented by her previous owners. Mm-hmm. and I was trying to practice to make contact with her, and I knew when I did because I could see the look in her eyes. It was a shocked look because she didn't she didn't expect me to get in her head. I, I didn't do it again because I, I started going to work. You know, you, you get busy and all that. Mm-hmm. But I knew the second I made contact because just the look in her eyes were like saucers. So I knew I had contacted her, and I think that's what connected us in the end. That's why, like I said, that's the one that has come to me more than any of my other animals after she passed because that yeah. one, it was that one day that we made that connection because yeah. we, we kept that connection. Yeah. But I could tell when I made contact, and I wish I would have pursued doing it. I'm going to try and do it with this other dog that I have. But can anybody do this? Can anybody communicate with their animal? Absolutely. Absolutely, you can. It's, it's the intention that you set when you, when you do it and just stay open to it. Try not to get in, into any expectation. It's, uh-huh. it's like, y- you know, when you're flowing, 
like when you're in a creative flow, you know it. And when you're coming from too much of a of a, a a consciousness in the brain, you know that it's it's more thinking than it is knowing. And also, I know when I'm in the flow because, um, and I'm really connected to an animal because it flows through me. It, it's not like thinking about it. So it's the difference between telling a story and and just listening to a story. So if you're telling a story on the fly, you're going to be, you know, stuttering. So once upon a time, there was a dog named Bo and, and Bo was this brown, big brown, happy go lucky kind of dog. And, uh, you know, so what happens is, is that you can tell that's not a flow because mm -hmm. I'm thinking too much. So I know when I'm coming from the left brain and mm -hmm. when I'm coming from the right brain. And I know the difference, the subtleties, because I'll say sometimes in a session, I'll say, hang on a second, I'm coming uh, from a consciousness mind and not a knowing mind. Let me just reconnect and just get back into the flow because I, the information I'm getting should just come out like, like this, like, like slip and slide. It's just going, it's flowing. And if it's not flowing, it's not going, is what I say. So uh -huh. that means that I'm coming from too much of a consciousness brain mind. That's fa absolutely fascinating. Now, when an animal die, when an animal is near death, the, do animals understand the, the death process? Yes, they do. Wow. Um, they they do. I've done um, I've done a, a show on this, you know, where I talked about euthanasia and transitioning. So. The animals are conscious of the fact that they're they're going. They'll they, some might be a little bit more conscious than others. It depends on what's going on. Um, they also understand when they are near death and they're getting ready to go. It's it's kind of like when I connect to an animal and somebody asks me, you know, is my animal transitioning? Are they close to death? I see it kind of like a Warner Brothers cartoon in my head. It's the way that it is. So it's kind of like getting ready for uh, a trip. There mm -hmm. are different stages when you get ready to go on a trip. So there's the stage where you're not even aware that you're, you're, you know, you need to go on vacation. So that tells me that that animal is not anywhere close to transitioning. Mm -hmm. Then there's, you know, you're looking at brochures at the places to go. Then you decide on where you're going. And then you start packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking. You know, it's like this. The last stage is I see them in my head, hat on, coat on, suitcase and hand on the door. So I know that they're about to go. That's the last stage. So yes, they do understand but it depends. Some of them are are very much aware of when they're going to be going. They have it. They have. Uh, they're very tapped into their soul plan, life plan. So some might say, "I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna transition." You know, two year old dog might say, "I know I'm gonna transition when I'm 16." Mm -hmm. Some of them are more tapped in than others, and others have no idea. It depends on what's going on with their soul plan, life plan at that time. Interesting question in the chat room is: Do animals meet us when we when we cross over? I think so. I think it depends on. I've had um, I've had people uh, when I was doing readings for for with spirits uh, for people. I've had a lot of people who told me, you know, their spirits told me, you know, my dog met me at the the door. My cat met me at the door. They also meet each other. If they knew each other, meaning if the dog and a cat were really good friends, the dog and the dog passed, and then the cat passed later on, they might meet each other at the door as well. Yes, they do. Sometimes, sometimes not. It depends on the situation. It's not cookie cutter. You know, it's like that's, you just got to stay open to whatever's happening and you stay open to the stories that come in. But a lot of the times, yes, our animals do meet us at the door. I know my father had an experience with that when he had triple pneumonia in the hospital and he had, he had uh, you know, flatlined. Because yeah. he said that this dog that he had 
Stone in the Coast Guard, which he brought home with, which he had brought home with him, came to his hospital room. And yep. as he got up to go after the dog, the dog turned around and said, "No, it's not your time yet," and then went on. But he said he, he clearly saw this dog. So yeah, I think I think like you say, it does happen in certain situations. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. They they especially when we're you know when we're not so in the conscious mind. Like your father was drifting. He was right. in between the veils. So he was able to see these things that we normally would not see or were too busy, you know, running around like a chicken with our head cut off when we should really and truly just be quiet and be present. But because your father was open to that, he saw that beautiful and had that beautiful message and experience. Absolutely. Can, can can dogs come back, or I'm just not only dogs, but I'm talking cats and all kinds of pets. Can they come back and forth across the veil like humans can to visit us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They do it, you know, they do it a lot. They do it a lot more than we're aware of. Because again, if you're busy running around, you know, your, your spirit animal could be there, but you're not seeing them because you're not tuned into them. It's just a matter of tuning in you know, and, and quieting yourself down a little bit and also getting out of the way. What I mean by that is, is that we want to see our animals so badly. We miss them. We miss the physical. We miss the, we miss them and we're grieving. And in our grief, what can happen is, is that we're not tuned. We're, we're all over the place. We're scattered. Uh So um, if you can, that's why a lot of the animals come to us in our dreams because uh-huh. that's when the conscious mind quiets down and the unconscious becomes and tunes in. So that's why a lot of them use that doorway to come into our, our lives and just show us, Hey, we're okay. Everything's fine. We miss you, but we love you, but everything's fine. You know? So yeah, it's just a matter of trying to quiet your mind down and also not clog up the pipe. And mm-hmm. I understand there's a that's a tricky thing, but if you can not clog up the pipe with so much grief and so much wanting to see them and releasing it a little bit, then they can come in much more easier. Okay, cool. Another question is if an animal passes with vet assistance and is put to sleep, do they know they have passed or do let's see or or do they not know and then they end up coming home with you um the if an animal is passed with vet assistance um they it depends on the animal it depends on the situation but a lot of the animals just you know they're tied to us mm-hmm. they're connected to us so they use that connection as a way to just keep on going with us, you know, they just come home with us, you know, um, they don't, I don't, I haven't come across, um, in my experience, I have not come across an animal that got stuck at the vet office. Mm-hmm. They, they, they use our love as their leash or their lead to connect and to stay with us as often as they as we possibly as they possibly can so that leads to my next question then once the cat once your animal you know passes away what what happens after that i mean do do they hang out or do or does or someone come get them or something or another animal comes to get them to help them cross over how does it work it again not cookie cutter so there are some animals that go back up to non-physical because they feel like they have some job or something that they have to do up there. They have to, you know, check in, so to speak, in non-physical. And then they come back. Some animals are go up to non-physical and they reincarnate back into another body right away because they want to, you know, sometimes they reincarnate back to us. Sometimes they reincarnate into into a person, into another animal, another breed, uh, a cat, you know, transitions and reincarnates into an, a horse or a dog or a, um, a gerbil. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and then sometimes they want to hang out with us. They feel like they're, they're able now to, it's exciting for them because now there, there is no limitations, uh-huh. you know, we couldn't take our animals to the, 
to the uh, to the job, uh-huh. you know, now they can be with us almost 24 seven, you know, and also here's the thing is, is that if you have an animal that you love, that you want to see them more, talk to them, you can still talk to them. It's energy. It's all it is, is energy. Energy talking, one energy being talking to another energy being, doesn't matter if they're in the physical or they're not in the physical. So you let them know, hey, you know, I'd really like to see you. Maybe you could come by tonight when I'm sleeping or, you know, when I'm laying in bed, I'm about to go to sleep. I'd love to feel you. I'd love to see you. I'd love to hear you. You know, you can talk to them just because they're not there in the physical doesn't mean that you can't talk to them. You know, another question I had, too, about the reincarnation thing. Can a pet decide whether they want to come back to their own family? Yes. I've had a lot. In the last 20 years, it is. it used to be I would get a reincarnation back to their person maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, once a year I would get it. Since we've been going through what I call the shift of consciousness. This is what humanity has been going through. A lot of us has been feeling this. Okay. Um, It's been going on. And the animals told me about this about 25 years ago. They told me that there's going to be a shift of consciousness coming and I have to really and truly step up. Not that it's all on me. It's not, but I had to really and truly step up and do this work with the animals because they were going to be coming back and they were going to be coming back to their person because they there's they want to be part of this shift of consciousness that we're going through and helping us as much as they possibly can. So um, what's been happening, it's really coming to a head in the last 10 years. It's been getting harder and harder and harder for humanity because we got a shift. This is, you know, it's a momentum. We, we're building this momentum. And that's why it's so important for us to stay as vibrationally sound as we possibly can, because that's how we're going to ride this tsunami. If you're not vibrationally fit and you're trying stuff that just used to work but doesn't work anymore, you're going to be at the bottom of the wave getting sand in your bathing suit. You want to be riding that wave. So that's why it's really important. And that's why we're having such a shift with, you know, I don't even want to, I don't talk about politics. It doesn't matter about politics. I think politics separates us just like I think religion separates us. So I don't talk about it, but you know, it's been really coming to the head the last 10 years and, you know, people have been playing their part, helping us really and truly shift and grow And the animals are reincarnating because they want to be back with us. So now I'm getting, I don't even know how many a year. Okay. I I lose track of a lot of animals who have come back and reincarnated back to their person because that's what they want. They want another trip around the sun. And, um, they don't necessarily re- reincarnate as the same breed, right? I mean, you might be at the animal shelter and connect. You might have had a lab and you're walking through the animal shelter and there's a little chihuahua that 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 that, that calls out to you in your head, right? I mean, it ha- they could be a different breed completely. It could be. They could be a different animal completely. Okay. It could be a dog and they're reincarnating because they want to, um, they want to be a cat or they want to be a horse or they want to be a pig or, uh, you know, and, a boa constrictor or something else like that there. But usually what I found is they try to make it as stupid easy for us as possible. So sometimes, many times they do reincarnate as the same kind of animal. So if you had a chihuahua and they wanted to reincarnate, they will reincarnate back to that chihuahua because we're looking for and we're missing the chihuahua. Mm -hmm. so they will make it stupid simple. But the thing with the reincarnation is this, I cannot prove it to you. Right. I just know that you will know when it's your animal, that it's not a conscious thing of saying, Hmm, I think this is Barney again. It's just this knowing in your heart that you're like, this is Barney. I know this is Barney. I know because Barney, he's doing the same thing Barney used to do. He's Uh doing that one thing that Barney used to do all the time. Or it's just this, this heck yes. When you see this animal, there's, it's not conscious. It's, it's totally and completely heart and love. 
Well, that was my other question, too, about this, is that the animal, when it does reincarnate, isn't going to quite act like it did in life. I mean, there's going to be traits that it has, right? Or is it, or is it going to act like it did? It's the difference between a 1.0 operating system and a 2.0 operating okay. system. So is it still the same animal? Yes. But as you are evolving, you're not the same person. I'm not the same person I was before I started okay. this interview 40 minutes ago. I've changed. Mm -hmm. So as you're changing, the animal is changing and growing and becoming different and evolving and expanding mm -hmm. in non-physical. That soul is becoming more. So will they be the exact same animal? No. But that's because you're not the exact same person. You don't need that animal to be the old animal. You need that animal to be that expanded soul so that they can help you in in your own way expand as well if that makes sense it does make sense question from the chat room can two animals that have passed reincarnate into another single i think she's saying another single animal um uh then we see that animal do they have anything to do with us wanting that animal i you there is what I one soul is is one body. Okay. Now there is situations that I've had experiences where that soul can share that body with another soul. So it's kind of like energetically, I feel that soul stepping back into the back seat, and then another one comes in to drive the bus. That's why that usually you could tell that's happening when the animal doesn't act like the animal, but all of a sudden acts like the animal. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is the animal is, you know, a regular animal doesn't really have any characteristic characteristics that the other animal had, but then all of a sudden they'll do something that that animal used to do. Okay. The way that animal used to do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll go back to being their, their usual self. So that usually tells me that's a, what I call a step in. So they'll step in, drive the bus a little bit, let you know, hey, I'm in the physical, you can touch me for a second. And then they'll step back when they, when they, and let the other soul come back in to drive the bus. Makes so to sense. Makes sense. Now, question cool. I have too is I know people that once their animals die, they, they want to make they want to have communication with them right away. Does that vary? You know, does the person have to you said, you know, it's like when somebody when, when a human dies, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the person's not ready to see that particular soul after it's passed because there's there's unfinished, you know, there's stuff that they have to go through. Is it the same with animals or do animals come back right away? Um, it varies. There are some animals that step right back in. Um, they're right there. Uh, again, it depends on how tuned in you are because if you're messing with your, your tuner through grief and through, you know, guilt, some people are, have a lot of guilt about their animal's death. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I should have, would have, could have, you know, um, if you have a lot of regrets, I should have done this. I could have done that. Why didn't I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, there's the animal sometimes does step in right away, but we're not seeing them. We're not hearing them because we're too much in, we've got blinders on. So yes, there are some animals that do, and there are some animals that, that don't. And um, it really depends on the person and how tuned in they are. Okay. Okay. Now, when you say tuned in, because a lot of people don't get it, what does mm -hmm. tuned in mean? When you're tapped in, when you're not um, doing 15 things at once, uh, when you're you're quiet and you're being and you're just, you know, your breath and you, you know, you're calm and you're relaxed, uh, when you're open when you're open to divine and, and messages from spirit, that's what I mean by tuned in. So, I mean, we're human. We can't be tuned in all the time. I can't be tuned in all the time. You know, I mean, I have to, <laughs> I have to sleep, you know? So, you know, but 
if you try to actively tune in, that's why it's like really important. And some people don't like the M word. They don't like the word meditation. It scares uh-huh. them. They think they have to sit in the floor in the lotus position for hours on end. Just sit in a nice, comfortable chair and just notice your breathing for a few minutes. Right. Is your breathing staggered? That lets you know that your nervous system might be a little unregulated. So, you know, notice your breathing and calm that down. Listen to some nice music. Maybe that taps you in and helps you feel good. Um, you know, it's, if you try to actively do it once a day, at least, or, you know, a good time to do it is right before you're falling asleep, just open up to spirit and see what you get. You know, I usually feel it in my crown chakra when I'm really tapped in, I'll feel my third eye opening up. I feel tingly in my crown chakra. I feel my heart opening up. So, you know, actively doing the stuff that opens up your, your connection to spirit, opening up the heart chakra, opening up the crown chakra, opening up the third eye, rooting yourself and, and grounding yourself so that you're not so much in your head. You know, that's how you tap in. That's what I mean by being tapped in. Now, can animals leave us signs too that they're there? Oh, yeah. I've had animals, you know, I've asked animals to leave a, a, a sign for their person. So, you know, I've had animals tell me, you know, when my person sees a certain bird, uh, a red cardinal, a blue jay, um, uh, a bluebird, you know, I've had them leave, you know, pennies on the floor. I've said, you know, and, uh, you know, I've had them all of a sudden just, you know, uh, let the person know and feel them laying on their chest as a sign. They'll hear them all of a sudden clip, 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 the nails clipping and clucking on the floor. You know, it, it can be all different kinds of things. And if you have an animal that you want to, to, to get a sign from, ask them again, ask them, give me a sign that you're around. Give me, let me know, you know, something, uh, you know, leave a penny on the floor, lucky penny, you know, uh, leave, uh, you know, let me see a certain kind of bird or butterfly. Let me see a butterfly and let me know that you're around. Okay. Okay. That's really cool. That is really cool. Cause I, like I said, I've experienced that stuff over the past few months and it's, it's pretty cool when it happens. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It is fun. It is beautiful. Real quick, do you think sometimes if somebody wants it to so much that sometimes, like I said earlier, you know, that want the animal, the animal or the or the deceased being won't come because it's just too much of a want. It would be too hard on the person. Sometimes, sometimes you need to be able to work through your grief, mm-hmm. so you're not in it. You know, you're not submerged in it. Um, sometimes the animal, again, it, it's, it's sometimes the animal's right there. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I'll do a session, a bereavement package with, with some, with a client. I said, they're, they're right there, right beside you, or they're sitting right now on your desk. You know, I just, I feel them. I can feel them because, and I can see them because mm-hmm. I'm not attached to the, to the answer. I'm not invested mm-hmm. in it. Do I love your animal? Of course I love your animal. You know, I want you to feel good. But I understand also that, you know, I'm open. I'm as open as I possibly can to it. So I try to let people know. And I understand you got to work through your grief, you know, and people are like, uh, you know, they'll tell me, I want to see my animal. I can't see it. It hurts me when I can't see my animal. I was like, I understand. But you got to get on the other side of the grief. I'm not saying not leave the grief behind totally completely. You just got to be a little bit more open. Think of it like a pipe. The more freer that pipe is, the more open that pipe is, the less clogged it is with stuff like worry, concern, guilt, sadness, you know, anger, uh, frustration, overwhelm. You know, that pipe is nice and clear. You've got to be able to get that water, that flow to you much more easier. But if your pipe is clogged, and that's okay. You know, our pipes get clogged, man. It just, it happens. Mm-hmm. But if you can unclog that pipe as much as possible, the more looser and more open it is, the more you'll see them. 
but you just got to get that pipe cleared out. Now, my next question is that, you know, we, we've been talking about deceased pets. When people come to you, you know, to do a reading, mm-hmm. it's not only about pets that are that are sick, right? It's, it's, it's about other things with their pets because the pet could have maybe been abused, you know, when it was younger and people are having behavioral issues with it. Is that yeah. true? I do a lot of work with behavioral issues. Um, I also developed what I call the animal dynamics. The animal dynamics are seven personality archetypes that I've developed, that I've found over the years Mm -hmm. um, with animals. And each personality likes to be interacted with differently, played with differently, talked to differently, different tones of voices are used. It's really fascinating. And I've used the dynamics to help better a person's relationship even better with their animals. Because if you're talking to your animal and you're touching your animal and it's really feeding that personality and who they are, it answers questions to why they're doing what they're doing, why they're doing the behaviors that they're doing, which is why I work now with people over and their animals over periods of time. I don't do one and done sessions anymore because there's so much information I'm gathering about that behavior that I can't just shove that animal. I work in the animal's time now. I I worked with them over time in their time so that I don't force them to stop doing a behavior because a lot of the time, some of the behaviors they're doing Uh is trying to let you know something. Maybe they're pooping in the house. And if they're pooping in the house, they might be telling you the energy in the house is poopy. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. So there's a lot of behavioral issues that I'm taking care of now that, you know, I'm also helping the person because they're trying to also help you. The animals might be trying to help you through your stuff as well. So the behavioral issues, um, a lot of them is, is very healing with animal communication, with the animal dynamics, but also I do a five level healing intensive. And that's healing the emotion, the physical body, the emotions, the soul and karmic gunk. It's, uh, it's healing the auric, uh, the auric field, which is the aura and it's, it's healing the chakras. So it's five level healing. Mm -hmm. And once, and a lot of times, as soon as I do that healing, the animal starts feeling better and they start releasing the unwanted behaviors. Cool. 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 And what about animals that can sense sickness in, in, in humans? That, that there's a lot of animals that do that. And there's actually one of the dynamics uh, is what I call the Oracle or the seer uh-huh. personality. And this dynamic specifically is very, very good at seeing things, seeing things within the body and what's going on and sensing things like cancer or sensing things like depression or sensing things like, um, uh, you know, uh, joint problems and sitting on their, their person, wherever that problem may be. Um, so that's one dynamic, but also animals can get a sense. They smell their, their sense of smell is huge. I mean, it's, it's highly, highly evolved. So they can, sometimes they can smell stuff that's going on with us. Even our emotions, when our emotions are off, they can sense it and smell it as well. So it's like my orange ginger boy. He always knows when I am too much in my head and he will come from wherever (laughs) and just come and sit. And I have to kiss his head. I have to, he he will give me his head and he he wants me to kiss it because he knows that (laughs) that calms my nervous system down. Yeah. I have, you know, experience with that in that being diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And I remember the Kelpie that had, had issues, you know, with all the issues she had in her life, she didn't like to be touched in certain spots. And I knew it Mm -hmm. because, you know, so, so I worked with her on it, but it was interesting because with the heart failure, she was the mama dog. Mm -hmm. I would be on the couch laying or whatever. And this dog, would lay on my chest like a mama dog. Uh-huh. And if I breathe funny, she'd get higher up on my chest. And this lasted for a couple months until I had my procedure done, you know, to get my heart calmed down. But yeah. she actually did that. And I was shocked because I never had a dog do that before when I was sick. That's cool. And so they do sense, you know, it's really, it's really neat because, it's, because they do sense. What do you say to people that want to start doing this communication thing with their animals? I say that first and foremost, quiet your mind. Okay. Um, really and truly, 
you know, and do it on a regular basis. I'm not saying for hours and, and, you know, two minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two minutes, any kind of meditation or any time of quiet time is good quiet time. Okay. So, you know, actively though, doing it on a daily basis will, will help you become more aware of what's going on in here. And also, you know, once you become quiet, your animals, a lot of your animals, if you just sit quietly, they'll know and they'll come and they'll sit with you and they'll, they'll meditate with you. And then is a perfect time to maybe just send a question or, you know, you could say it, or you could send it in your mind. And I always tell people don't start with, you know, what's the meaning of life? Cause you're not going to hear it. That's too high end. Okay. What's your favorite color? You know, what are you thinking right now? You know, how are you feeling in your body? Sometimes, especially if there's health issues, that can be a hard one to ask because you're not, you're afraid, you're invested in the answer. So it's really important. You're afraid that they're going to say something like, I'm, I'm feeling really sick. You got to take me to the vet right now. So that's going to close you off. Right. Um, so again, staying open to the answer. So asking really simple easy questions. And then I tell people, whatever you get first, that's your answer. The second thing that you get is usually your, your, your conscious mind trying to make sense of the fact that you're talking to an animal. So you'll say to them, what's your favorite color? Pink. Okay. Pink. Great. No, red. No, blue. Uh, red. Yeah. Pink, yellow. You know, it's like the first question, the first answer you get is usually your intuition. The second one is usually your mind trying to make sense of the fact that you're talking to a fur baby. <laughs> now you said, even you do it, that you talk to your animal all the time. Do they understand what we're saying? Because I know you see TV programs where people are talking to their dogs and then the dogs listed like the teacher from Charlie Brown. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's, that's what they hear. So are they actually hearing us verbally? Yes. Okay. They are. They're, they're hearing us verbally. They're getting a sense. They're very much open to everything. So they're getting a sense for what that, whatever we're saying feels to us. Uh So let's say I'm saying something like, I'm really not feeling that good today. I feel Uh scared. They'll, they'll get that sense for scared and they'll get that sense for the words. They'll understand the words. And then again, they're telepathic. So when you say the word scared, you're sending a picture of what scared is, uh-huh. whether that's you, you know, like all tensed up or whether that's just that, that, you know, whatever fear or the word scared means to you, uh-huh. you know, you're sending that image to them. So they're getting a sense for the emotions, the, the, the words, the tele- telepathy, and they're getting a sense for the vibration because everything is vibrational. And animals are very cued into vibration. They're vibrational masters. So they'll get a sense for how you're feeling vibrationally, which is why I don't have to say a word and my boy Ta'u, which is uh, African for lion, um, will come. He'll know. He knows right now he's sleeping right beside me in his big Bessie and Barney bed. Um, But he knows if I get upset, he will be right here. And I don't have to say a word. He'll know. That's terrific. Can you tell me about one of your uh, most memorable cases? The first one that comes to mind, I would probably say, was one of my first animal dynamic clients. And um, a person contacted me about her cat. And her cat was literally attacking her. I mean, stalking her would wait around the corner until she came around the corner and get her on the leg. So she was drawing blood. She was, um, she was, and, and as we know, cat bites are more dangerous than dog bites because they're, they got a lot of bacteria. So, you know, she was, she she was getting bit badly. So, you know, and it could have been really, really bad because her arms started blowing up and things like that there. So uh, I found out that her cat was a dynamic called Mm -hmm. the energetic and the energetic, basically the bottom line with the energetic is this is an animal and also a person, but an animal 
who is sensitive to the energies of people, places, things, and situations. Oh, okay. So what was happening was this woman was going through a lot of personal stuff with her, with her daughter. So that was bringing up a lot of energy stuff. Her daughter's energy was all over the place. Um, and her cat was feeling this, but she was also hanging out with people who were energetically toxic to her. And she wasn't grounding herself when she, she wasn't cleansing herself when she came back in the house and the cat, her cat was trying to let her know this is unacceptable. This, this, this energy is, is killing me because for the energetic, it's almost like, you know, when they're in a bad situation, it's almost like getting shocked. Like when you, when you rub your feet on a rug and then you touch something metal, imagine that every single time she comes in contact with her person. So once I understood that she was an energetic, I gave her techniques that she could do to ground herself, clear the energy in the house and her cat stopped attacking her. Wow. Wow. Coriel, thank you so much. This hour went by. I love your energy. You have great energy. And I learned so much, and I know the audience did. We'll get more audience tonight because, of course, my my audience is usually a 6.30 p.m. one, but we did really good audience-wise today, too, and I really really appreciate you coming on. I would love to have you on again at some point to talk animals because I could have gone on for another hour with you. (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. And I want to thank everybody for, you know, commenting and and watching. It really means a lot to me that they would do that. So thank you. You are fantastic. And like I said, I would love to have you on again. I'll see if I can get a hold of your PR and see if we can get that going again because I think you're going to be a popular guest. I (laughs) I have a feeling people are going to say, where is the animal intuitive? Oh, I would love that. I would really, really love that. It's been an honor. It's been so much fun being on your show. Thank you again for asking me. What's next for you? What's next? Oh, what's next? I, you know, I don't know, writing a book about the animal dynamics. Um, I'm hoping to get that by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's going to be other interviews coming up, but you know, I'm just, you know, I'm excited for what's been happening because the dynamics are a game changer. They're a game changer for people. They're a game changer for animal communicators. They're just a game changer for the world in general. So sky's the limit. <laughs> Absolutely. And how can people find you? Um, it's really simple. I made it stupid simple. So basically you can find me by my name. Uh-huh. You can, uh, my website is CorielKramer.com. Uh, so it's C-O-R-Y-E-L-L-E Kramer with a K.com. Um, and if anybody wants to learn more about the animal dynamics and the other work that I do with animals, please go to my website, fill out the contact form, let me know what's going on. All the questions are important. So please answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. And then we can do a possibility call where we see if, you know, I'm a good match for them and if they're a good match for me. That's the way you get a hold of me. Or find me on Facebook, Coriel Kramer, too. Fair enough. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful. Um, I learned a lot and I know they did, like I said, and again, I'd love to have you on and thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You have a good rest of the day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was terrific. That I learned so much about this because I've been experiencing it like for the last couple months since, since, since Reba passed tomorrow, we're back on the usual time with Jim Goodall. We're going to be talking by it. We're going to be talking U.S. spy planes and Area 51. So that'll be our usual 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to clean up the intros. <laughs> Today I, I figured out what I have to do, so we're going to fix that situation. But I want to thank everybody for coming. And for those of you that were watching on YouTube, please subscribe. You know, we've got over, we got more than 260 videos with varying topics. And they're all great topics. You know, they're all stuff. And it's not all paranormal either, if you look. You know, we're, we talk about spousal abuse and and, and, and crime things and all that. So please subscribe. And just by clicking that little ghost down at the bottom corner down there with the Sherlock Holmes hat on and the magnifying glass, I hope to get Coriel back on because I, yeah, that was fantastic. She had good energy. I got along great with her. I, I hope she got along great with me, you know? So, but anyway, um, thank you guys for coming today. If you see that ticker running at the bottom, California haunts does not take any kind of funding for going out and investigating your home. If you have a ghost issue, 
So everything comes out of my pocket because I am the owner. So everything you see here, whether it's a camera, the mic, the lights, everything, computers, it all comes out of my pocket, you know, the internet service, all that good stuff. So, you know, I could use a little help. I want to keep these shows coming on the air. It's what I do. I'm a, um, I'm a journalist, photojournalist. I love doing this. I love having guests on. And this is what I do. I'm retired. This is my gig. So if you could help me out a little bit with my bills, that would be great. Um, you can donate at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with, 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 with PayPal, Venmo. Just go to Venmo and type in California Haunts. You can do it from there. But I really appreciate it because when something dies, my headphones, for instance, Jennifer Martin and our group, Came up with the money to help to, to help me get you know replace my headphones when the headphones went down, because it's a, like I said, it all comes out of my pocket. So that would be great. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming, and I hope to see you tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. Pacific. Thank you so much, and I will see you tomorrow. Hopefully, have a good night.